Yo! Alright, let me start. Welcome to episode 159 of the Zay Coma Podcast. It's your boy, Mr. ZCP from the 863, a.k.a. Mr. Zay Coma, a.k.a. Polk County's number one podcast. How you doing today? I have a lot to get off my chest. I got a lot because, again, we're reviewing all 30 NBA teams. Well, like 20 of them. I only caught a handful of games so far. And only a couple of teams have played two games so far. So it's got to be very difficult to judge the team three days into the season. But that's what we're here to do, baby. We're here to overreact. Overreaction number one. Can we please? And I will beg you until the end of time, at least until he retires. Can we please? Get off the Russell Westbrook nutcase, please. For the culture, for the culture, can we please get off of Russell Westbrook's case? I understand shooting over 11 is very, very bad. I will not defend that today. Today, I will defend the idea of Russell Westbrook not being able to buy into a system. Because for context, people will watch the see the over 11 in the stat sheet and think, man, Russ, what, what, what are you doing? Stop taking these shots. Why are you taking these shots? First of all, Russell Westbrook, about nine of the 11 shots that he missed last night were dead wide open. I don't think he was had a defender within a country mile of him. And he just missed. Everybody misses. I understand it's Russell Westbrook, so it's funny to clown him. But Russell Westbrook wasn't bad yesterday. Now, when I say solid, solid would not be the word that you use for it. But I'd say it's a pretty... Decent enough effort. But <laughs> because I want to play devil's advocate, um, Russell Westbrook is not the only person that we're going to have to look at today. Kendrick Nunn, I also want to look at you. I want to look at the entire uh, guards for the Los Angeles Lakers, actually, because let's not just make this a Russell Westbrook thing. Patrick Beverly's shot got awful last night. Um. Kendrick Nunn shot God awful last night. Kendrick Nunn went 0 for 7 from the field. Pat Beverly was 1 for 7 from the field. But again, this is an entire team effort, and we've been talking about this since August of 2021. There is zero shooting on this roster, and none of, not a lick of it has changed. Lonnie Walker hit two three-pointers, I believe, in the first maybe three-ish minutes of the game. Did not hit another three-pointer for the rest of the game. LeBron hit a three-pointer about five minutes into the game. He hit one in the fourth quarter. That was it. Anthony Davis taking four three pointers is we we've talked where it's you know it's not worth repeating. The Lakers as a unit taking forty nine three pointers or sorry forty five three pointers, hitting nine of them, seven of them in the starting line. One from Juan Toscano Anderson and one from Matt Ryan, which admittedly got them back into the game. But we're not. I will specifically. This again. This is all, all towards the Lakers guards, and really towards the Lakers in, in in general. Because this is game number two now, where we get to say the Lakers need to stop shooting threes. At least stop shooting forty five of them. You aren't the twenty eighteen Houston Rockets. You can lay off the three pointers for just a little bit. You don't have a peak Trevor Ariza or Chris Paul on this roster. We're at the point guard position where you can shoot seven, eight three-pointers a game because you are that good at them. You don't have an Eric Gordon off the bench that's that good where he can be shooting eight, uh, seven, eight threes a game. No offense to Kendrick Nunn, but 
Kendrick Nunn should not be taking set after shot five. This man went 0 for 7 in 11 minutes of action. After shot five, that's when you need to play your primary position, which is a point guard. Playmake. I'm, I'm Again, I understand. Don't put play, uh, players into a box. But at certain points in the game, you should realize that maybe your shot just ain't falling today. Is it, you know, kind of, you know, bad on me to just uh, to give these, this without context? Yes, I am giving you context. I've said Lonnie Walker. Is giving you two three-pointers in the first two two or three minutes of the game. LeBron gave you one in the first five minutes. That's three three-pointers in a five-minute span. They hit six for the next 43 minutes of the game. The Granted, I will give the Lakers props. The defense last night was a master class. Russell Westbrook, I mentioned earlier um, in a previous recording that, uh, unfortunately, you know, probably won't be released no time soon. Russell Westbrook played the best defense he's played since he was in OKC which is at bare minimum five years ago. Maximum, probably eight, nine years ago, if we're being completely realistic here. This is the best, most hustle Russell Westbrook has put on the defensive side of the basketball since Kevin Durant left town. Some six years ago at this point. Absolute applaud to Russell Westbrook for that. That defense, that was a defensive masterclass on one of the best two-way players in the game, Kawhi Leonard. I will 100% applaud Russell Westbrook for that. The shooting, yes, the shooting was absolutely horrendous. I will not defend that at all. You, that, you, come on. You, the entire video, all of them videos of you working on your jump shot in the gym. Where, where was that last night? Where was that in the first two games? We, we gonna have to have a conversation about that. But the five steals, the, just the overall, just playing defense, got a couple uh, interceptions, uh, picked the pocket a couple times. Just in general, great defense from Russell Westbrook. Stayed in his lane. He 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 gave effort. He that was the prototypical role player for Russell Westbrook. That was the role player type of game. That's a game that could potentially get you a contract next season. Even if the shot isn't there, the defense was. The final two minutes for the Los Angeles Lakers were horrendous offensively. God, I I don't think they they generated one quality shot. In in the last two to three minutes of that game, they did not generate a, a single quality shot. And we're going to get into the other game, the 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 eight o'clock game. I, I, you know, we started talking about Russell Westbrook, so naturally, I got to get get into the Lakers. The first two, the first game, realistically, that was a thirty point game. The Warriors just stopped caring. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. The Warriors stopped caring, and that's why the game ended up being like 14, 15 points or like that. But realistically, that was like a thirty point game. This game was actually, and again. It, in the first quarter, it looked like it was about to be a blowout. I'm, I'm, I'm like, God, I can't sit through another one of these Lakers games. I went in the living room and watched uh, Repo. I think it's I think it's called Repo Nine One One or something like that. Re, it's, it's some little Repo show. I don't know. It'd be it just be on the main TV. Um, but yeah, I watched the Repo and I came back to halftime and it was a tie game. I'm like, what happened in that tie? And uh, allegedly, happened with Anthony Davis on the bench. I'm like, all right, cool. They basically was with the the, the bench out. There's Scano Anderson, uh, Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves. They were giving that energy, and I'm like, dang, that's what I like to see. That's that's what I like to see. I, that's the Lakers basketball that I wanted to see. I don't want to see Russ Westbrook taking corner threes and LeBron James trying to ISO at the top of the key. That's not what I want out of my Lakers basketball. I don't want to see energy. I want to see them running. I want to see them getting to the paint. Bare minimum draw foul, but at least, you know, try to get you a bucket. 
Talking about the Clippers now. Can we give? And again, I've been giving praise for a while, but let's let's give a round of applause to one of Visa Zubac. All right, there we go. Visa Zubac, Visa Zubac was probably the best player from the Clippers last night. Paul George, offensively, even defensively, was not the Paul George we are accustomed to seeing. Um, Marcus Morris is pretty ineffective. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard's on minutes restrictions, so there's that. And there's also this slightly bigger problem that the Los Angeles Clippers have like 12 to 13 really, really good players on this roster deserving a minute to the point where Terrence Mann played five minutes. Amir Coffey didn't even get play. He was a DMPCD. Um, Nick Batum only got to play 10 minutes. Robert Covington only like 15 minutes after they gave him an, a, a contract extension. Like this, this team is very stacked. Especially on the wing position. Now the big man position, you know, it's gonna have to. And I, you know, Moses Brown, I think he plays seven to ten minutes on this team. Realistically, I think he can get pretty good minutes on a, a on a quality NBA team. But like it's uh like the the front court in general. That's why I was like kind of in the favor of them going out and get Boogie Cousins a little bit. But uh, realistically, I don't know who you get rid of on this roster to make room for Boogie Cousins. So that's why I uh. <laughs> That's why I um I kind of steered away from that towards the end of the end of, uh, end of the preseason. But overall, like this was probably the I wouldn't even say the, the better game. I like the the Bucks Sixers game too, to be honest. I was like this. I, I was gonna say this was probably the better game of the of the two. But the Bucks Sixers game, or yeah, the Bucks Sixers game was really fun. Um, to my people that were telling me that Joel Embiid is gonna be the MVP this season, this was the MVP revenge tour for one. Joel Embiid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that uh, that you had such high hopes for this season. And again, Joel's not bad. Well, the, the shooting is bad. And okay, I'm gonna steer on the side of caution for this one because I'm not trying to get canceled for my opinion. Joel Embiid looks bad. I will say this. He does look bad. The, the transition defense probably the worst in the league, um, which is it's a 76er staple. Like, come on. You got Joel Embiid, who's, let's be honest, is pretty slow, and James Harden, who has never really played defense before in his career, and Tyrese Maxey, who's just small. Like, that's he can't help that. He's, he's just small. That's a recipe for bad defense. It definitely showed in the Celtics game. It, it kind of helped in the, in the – it was very much improved in the Bucs game, and that's why the Bucs only scored 90 points. But they couldn't generate anything on the offensive end unless it was James Harden ISO basketball, which, A, props to James Harden the first two games looking like Houston James Harden, not Brooklyn James Harden or, you know, strip club James Harden. He looks like MVP Harden out there, but the 76ers are 0-2. I don't know what this, the deal is. The bench is not bad. Like, the Anthony Melton in the first two games has been really, really, uh, overall really, really good. Um, Even, like... Like Macho Terrell, he's played good in his center minutes, which has been vague. But and even like even like their the their new additions, PJ Tucker, I think has been uh, a really he. I wouldn't say helpful, obviously, because they're on two, but he's been a positive addition to uh, to this team. Daniel House, I kind of want him to get going a little bit. Like you said, the the offense isn't quite there yet. The defense obviously is going to always be a Daniel House calling card, but overall the offensive uh, offensive game is just it's just not there yet. It'll get there though. Um, 
Uh, Tobias Harris, I have not heard a peep out of so far this season. Um, Tobias, I'm gonna need you to get going on that. This overall, the 76, I'm not worried. I wouldn't say. Um, that might not be the word I'm, I'd use honestly, but I'm definitely intrigued by how they they bounce back. Owen 2 doesn't look, it doesn't look good on the on the on the college sheet. They're last place in the Eastern Conference, but I think there's room to. There's only you can only go up from here. I doubt they hit the 0 and 4, 0 and 5 curve because then we got to start talking fire sale <laughs> at that point. Because, like I said, this this is a team that we thought was going to win a championship or have it's a, cha- a chance to compete for a championship. And, you know, 0 and 2. Granted, they lose them to basically the two best teams in the Eastern Conference in Milwaukee and Boston. So, you know, have at it. But there's this, this uh, huge, um, Huge black cloud over Philly, which is like they're zero and two, and they got two dudes who are synonymous for playoff mishaps, and that's James Harden and Joel Embiid. Whether if it's their fault or not, it's another thing. But they are two guys that are synonymous for you know not showing up when they need it most. And again, that again that could change the season. Anything can happen right now. Like shoot, the Pistons are undefeated right now. I don't expect it to last in the next five hours, six hours, but the Pistons are undefeated right now. We beat we beat a quality Orlando Magic team, in my opinion. So, uh, I think this is a a stepping stone for them, which we'll get into later. But yeah, we just uh, leave off of those like the the Seventy Sixers. Not worried. The Lakers. I wasn't really expecting anything from them to begin with. The <laughs> next one, want to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. What happened? And I know what happened. But what happened? And I came into the, I told y'all the Phoenix Suns was not it for me. I wasn't even a. I told y'all in the off season I wasn't really a big fan of this Dallas Mavericks team. I thought they would be good in the regular season because Luka Doncic is him. But I was not. I was not expecting this much of a of the collapse this bad. Damian Lee, yes, that one had eleven points all in the fourth quarter. Including the game winner. Including the game winner. Where did we go wrong? Genuinely, where did we go wrong? Damian Lee, yes. Fade away and pick and pop three-pointers from the 6'5 shooting guard, 6'6 shooting guard. Beat the Dallas Mavericks. With no Chris Paul, basically. Uh, DeAndre Ayton that was eh, at best. You know, Devin Booker had a Devin Booker game. You know, it's always it's Devin Booker. You're never he's he's never not gonna have a Devin Booker game. But they lost to Damian Lee basically. They uh, Damian and Damian Lee almost messed it up by the way because he gave up the game tie and, and won with like was was it like eight seconds left maybe eight nine seconds left. Like I'm genuinely I was genuinely dumbfounded. Genuine, I was dumbfounded when Damian Lee hit that fadeaway. I'm like, there's no way they're giving it to Damian Lee for game. And then this man gets trapped and just throws up the wildest, dumbest shot of all time, and he hits it. I'm just sitting here like, huh. So that's how Dallas goes down early. And don't get it twisted. I don't see Phoenix being this good for the rest of the season. I definitely don't see Dallas being this bad for the rest of the season. But the defense... Oh boy, Luca getting abused in the pick and roll is 
It's not a sight. It's not. It's not a sight to behold. I'm gonna be honest with you. From from a guy who I literally pegged about twenty eight to thirty hours before that shot hit. I pegged as my MVP of the season live on camera. You saw my face live on camera saying that he was gonna be the MVP of the league, and it's losing to Damian Lee. That's on me, y'all. Obviously, we're overreacting. Let's be honest. Where <laughs> this is at one hundred and ten percent overreaction. Um. I will say though, the Boston Celtics look legit. They looking really legit, right? And again, it's across the board. That's the crazy thing. It does Boston Celtics look legit across the board? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown having seventy plus points combined. Don't get it twisted. That that has a lot to do with it. But Brogdon didn't look good. Smart, you know, was his usual Marcus Smart self. Al Horford, even Sam Hauser looked good. Against the 76ers defense. That's how that that is peak Philadelphia defense. Sam Hauser looked good last night. Oh, look, oh I said last night. Tuesday night. I'm, it's it's a I'm at least I'm not on camera saying that the 76ers are going to win the championship. If I do if I was to peg anybody to win the championship this year, I'd say it's the LA Clippers. If I and again, this is just based off of if you heard that, no, you didn't. Um, just off the based off of that, um, <laughs> it's uh, like it's based off of basically just the first three games. I'm gonna be honest with you. The Clippers look awesome. I I love this Clippers team so much. But um, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even give my finals prediction. It was Clippers Celtics like that. Like that was like, it was actually in the uh, predictions notes. That was it was uh, MVP or sorry in the MVP rookie of the year six man all of that. I also had finals prediction and my finals prediction was. Uh, Clippers Celtics, but anyways, what I was getting ready to say was like, like yeah, like that's basically uh what I think the finals are like my team that I think pegged to win the finals, but Philly, yeah, sorry, um, who else want to talk? About? Um, let's talk. About, actually, let's do it. Why not? Let's talk about the Detroit Detroit Pistons, and I'm so upset because I had a conversation. You know, I was on the phone with my mom's. And I was like, Jalen Duran gives me young Dwight Howard vibes. And then the next day, Crispy Flakes, shout out to Crispy Flakes, probably the only Detroit Pistons, maybe um, six man too, Detroit Pistons fan that's also a YouTuber. Mentioned, and, and he literally titled his video, Jalen Duran, the next Dwight Howard, question mark. And I was so upset. I Like, everybody is stealing my private ideas. I feel like somebody got a chip plan, uh, planted in my brain. I can't lie. I feel like somebody got a chip planted in my brain because everybody is stealing my idea. Literally had a conversation with my moms about Jalen Duran giving me young Dwight Howard vibes and then you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I love Crispy. I love Crispy too much to, not, to do that. I'm sorry, bro. Um, But yeah, the Pistons. Oh, God. The Pistons look so good. Kay Cunningham looking like the second coming of Magic Johnson. Uh, with the, I'm I'm over it. I love overreacting to my team, man. I lo- I love it. Just the fact that we're undefeated three three days into the NBA season is enough for me to be excited about. Um, of course, like I said, Jalen Jay Ivy looks really really good out there. I'm not gonna say it's the second coming to John Morant. Let's be honest. Game they might look similar and they might have kind of similar games, but I'm not, I'm never gonna go that route with a rookie for after one regular season game. Um. Boyan Bogdanovich looking like one of the better offseason moves in the league, uh, 
better offseason. Yeah, basically an offseason with Lee. Um, but he, like you said, he looks good. Like, and that's, that's all I really ask. Because, like, we got him for free, but it's like, is he going to half-ass it just to uh, get through the season so we can uh, <laughs> basically half-ass it through the season so he can get to uh, his contending team in February? But, no, he looked like he was ready to play uh, last night. Even, like, like the bigs were good. Like, Beef Stew in the, the second and third quarter looked good, but the first and the fourth quarter, oh, boy, Beef Stew, we got to have a conversation. Um, I love that you were embracing top four, or sorry, being a stretch four, stretch five. Um, that almost cost us the game, <laughs> especially in the fourth quarter. Um, let's do instead of taking like eight to ten, you know, three is suffice. Even if you don't make them, I take three to or maybe four if you're feeling froggy. But. Eight to ten, might have to have a conversation about that. But hey, you know, like I said, you you live and you learn. He's still only in what year three. He's good. He's got a whole career ahead of him. Um, Killian Hayes off the bench is like one of my favorite uh, tropes. Like you know, if he's a, you got a young point guard, and he's not playing good, just bring him off the bench, and he looked good. Like he looked. Competent coming off the bench, and um, that's all I really, that's all I really ask from Killian Hayes. I I just want him to look like an NBA player because I'm, t- I got I immediately get tired of defending him just because uh people, I I I get a lot of hate for defending him. I'm gonna be honest with you, um, but it's like it's, or but you know it's whatever. I I like I, said, I love Killian, and again like I said he looked good. He looked really good actually last night or. Again, I keep saying last night. He looked really good Wednesday night. Yes, Wednesday. Wed wetness a day. Like he looked like a point guard. Granted, the scoring. I need you to shoot more. But the play with the playmaking was good. The defense was really good against Orlando's point guards. And got Orlando 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 got a lot of point guards. So that's what basically what um I also got really, really scared when Orlando ran their supercharged big man lineup. With basically <laughs> Franz Wagner at like six ten playing point guard, then you had Caleb Houston at six nine playing shooting guard, and then your front court was, and I quote, Paolo Boncaro, Bo Bo, and Mo Bamba. Scared me. That lineup scared me. We held our own, thank God, because we just ran them down the, we just ran them out the gym, but. Why? Why did Orlando feel like the need to run that lineup? May I ask? It, granted, I'll just go full full stop. This was probably my favorite game of uh like legitimately my favorite game of the, the three nights. Um this is a it was, this was a track meet. Don't get it twisted. This was absolutely a track meet. Then the score doesn't say track meet because it's you know 113 or 109 is a regular score, but it felt like a track meet. These two teams was just running down the floor using their supercharged young men, uh, young guys, and it was it, it was effective. It made this a more fun game to watch because you know it's Orlando and Detroit who are widely regarded as probably the two uh, worst teams in the NBA, or at least bare minimum in the Eastern Conference. Um, but this this was the a showcase for the the future of the league. Kay Cunningham, Jay Nivey, um. Jalen Duran in Orlando, Paolo Boncaro, 
Wendell Carter, Franz Wagner, Caleb Houston, if you even want to consider him part of the future. Um, this was a fun game just to, to showcase some of the best talent that's out there in the NBA. Young or even veterans like like, like we mentioned Wendell Carter, but like Terrence Ross, Boyan Bogdanovich, teams that could potentially be in the running for, I don't know, the Los Angeles Lakers if they care to give up two first-round picks. Like that, that that's an option too. Like that's a like literally that the basically was just a showcase. Next again, I'm gonna have to make some apologies. Next, we talking about the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sorry that I ever defended Ben Simmons on this podcast. Okay, let me refrain. Ben Simmons is first game in two years, first regular season game in two years. I understand he's stiff. He's probably um. He's he's probably going through he's probably he's probably going through a lot of emotions. Finally being back on a professional basketball court in a game that matters. But that was not a good first impression. Uh, what four points he took three shots, two of them was a, uh, really all of them was in the paint under the basket, two lobs and then I think he he had like a a, a hook that he missed. I'm sorry for defending this man. The defense Isolation defense, say what you want. Okay. That was a pretty good effort. But the fouling out, though. And it wasn't... If KD... This see, this game made me think if Kevin Durant ain't dropping 60, the Nets is going to lose. That's basically what I got from that game. It was basically if KD ain't dropping 60, that they going to lose. I'm not surprised that that's, if that's the case. Because... You know, you're not getting crazy performances out of Kyrie Irving. Obviously, Ben Simmons is not looking to score anytime soon. And the rest of this roster is mid. That's what I'm getting out of If Kevin Durant isn't having the greatest game of all time, they're going to lose. Next, San, San Antonio Spurs. They are in prime time tanking position because the Utah Jazz look like a playoff team so they're the, and that's like their only competition for bad or for the worst team in the Western Conference the Spurs are ready for the tank meanwhile the Charlotte Hornets look good maybe they just look good in comparison to the San Antonio Spurs because uh no LaMelo Ball equal like Terry Rozier um playing like point god for a second um Basically, everybody not named Jalen McDaniels being a, a um, being a um, double digit score. Like they got twenty four out of Rozier, twenty out of Hayward, seventeen out of PJ Washington, uh, nineteen off the bench, nineteen to ten from Nick Richards, who was like genuinely dominant. Even Dennis Smith Jr. getting into the action. Um, Mason Plumlee had even had a double digit scoring game, which is yes, that that is a statement that you heard. One thing I'm extremely upset about though. Why is Mark Williams getting garbage time minutes as basically a lottery pick? I know he was just outside the lottery, but basically a lottery pick. Why? Every other team is playing their guys. Like, I, except for obviously Chet Holmgren being injured. Paolo Boncaro is looking like the superstar he probably will be. Jay Nivey's getting crazy minutes. Even Jalen Duren's getting good minutes in Detroit. Um... Just off the top of my head, Jabari Smith played a lot of minutes with Houston. Um, Keegan Murray is he's at least coming off the bench. Like he's actually getting real minutes. Um, Shaden Sharp's getting minutes with the Portland Trailblazers. Like every top guy is getting minutes except Mark Williams. 
Tarese is getting minutes in Houston. Like I said, we just want to use people picked around him. Um, AJ Griffin got a little bit of time in Atlanta. Like, why is Mark Williams got to be the one that's going to get barred? And it's always the Charlotte Hornets that are misusing their young guys. Are we surprised? PJ Washington is about to hit restricted free agency and it's going to get a bag somewhere. But hey, I'm not I'm not the one that uh I'm not the one that's running things in Charlotte. Um but yeah, outside of, that's outside of that, the Hornets look really good. Things that they they again they're playing the Spurs who are in active tank mode, but uh yeah. That's a, that's a that's basically what it. The New York Knicks looked uh offensively competent, which I couldn't I could absolutely say that way more now than I could say last year. They they were got off on the offensive end last year, but they look good. But on the top Thibodeau team, the offense being good, but the defense being eh, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Because Tom Thibodeau has always been the guy that's preached defense. That's the direct reason why Cam Reddish, for uh, the vast majority of last season, was not getting time. But this year is getting time. And what do you know? He's like the second leading scorer on the team. Granted, in a loss. Second leading scorer on the team in, what, 27-ish minutes? 28 minutes, maybe? Like, come on now. And again, this is the, it's not, I don't think it's a talent thing. I just think it's a misuse thing. But, hey, what do I know? Cam Reddish is just uh, having a ball-out game. You know, Mitchell Robinson, fresh off a of payday, you know, injury, or sorry, uh, the foul-out was... Not ideal. Well, I'm a, I'm just gonna say that the fouling out is not ideal, but he made up for it with uh or with Isaiah Hartenstein. Hartenstein getting come into the game, 16 points, eight rebounds, four uh four assists, basically playing all of the center minutes, and again looking competent. Like he he looked like he was good with the Clippers. Let's be honest. Like he was good with the Clippers. He was even halfway decent with the with the Nuggets. Um, it's and again it's you know it's. It's a learning curve for him. Like, you know, it's again, he's playing in a new system, obviously a new coach. It's going to take some time. But overall, I think, you know, being good enough is not going to be good enough to play against the Memphis Grizzlies, who were the best uh, scoring team in the paint last year. But I think it's more than uh, – I think, I think it's like, again, it's room to grow. You can only go up from here, basically, if you're the New York Knicks. Hopefully they go down 0-2, though, because I kind of want to see that uh, Detroit Pistons 2-0 tweet. But nonetheless – um, I think the next game we want to get to. There wasn't a whole lot of other a whole lot of other games that I, I was able to catch up to. One that I did catch up to though, the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. Let's talk about it. We're seeing Colin Sexton come off the bench. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, ditto the fact that it's like it's weird that the Utah Jazz were, and I won't even say weird because like I totally get the process, but um, they kind of want to use their their veteran, uh, basically tradable pieces: Kelly Olynyk, Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gay, Malik Beasley, etc. And kind of putting like their project guys, i.e. Oshea Abaji. Um, I wouldn't even call Nikhil Alexander a project guy, to be honest with you. But um, Leandro Balmaro, I, they kind of want to put those guys on the back burner for the time being. Um, maybe if this team genuinely is on the tank, on the tank this year, maybe they're uh, they might see some more minutes. But for right now, Conley, Clarkson, Kelly Olynyk. They're going to get the vast majority of those minutes. Rudy Gay, even like they're going to see a vast majority of that time just to get them on a contender. Clarkson, maybe, maybe that Lakers trade is still available three, four months from now. Conley Clarkson in the first for Russ, or or I'll tell him the first and a second for Russ and two firsts. That might be 
um, a, a cautionary move there at, at the deadline, maybe buy Russ out. And then that's when you can run Colin and Malik and maybe Nikhil Alexander. <laughs> I don't, I guess still don't see a whole lot in Nikhil, but maybe time will tell. Um, Denver though. <sighs> I'm not going to be too uh, harsh on Denver. They got two dudes that's coming back from like seriously scary injuries. Um, with MPJ and Jamal Murray, like I said, this is basically in an eight man rotation. Even though I'm I'm kind of sad about that, <laughs> that um no Zeke Naji yet. Um, it's I'm, again I'm not gonna overreact. It's one game and against it's against a team. There's honestly a bunch of talented players on the Utah Jazz. Even though I expect most of them to phone it in just for the first fifty ish games before they end up on a contender, but they're not gonna go down line just to anybody. Like the Denver Nuggets. Still a good team. They're going to try and compete as hard as humanly possible to get this team um, at least somewhat, um, somewhat some run, and they beat the brakes off of them. And, again, I'm not going to overreact to the Denver Nuggets because, again, two dudes coming back from major injuries and the fact that, you know, they 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 can they can rest a little bit. The and the guy, the one, this one star on this team that wasn't injured was literally the MVP last year. Like I'm not again. I'm not going to overreact to that at all. But um, other than that, didn't really catch a whole lot of games uh, last night, or again in the first couple of, like in the in the main window. I caught the two uh, opening night games, and I caught the two games uh, last night. Um, but I was only able to catch a few games uh, Wednesday in between. Um, the Wizards Pacers had zero interest in. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, no clue uh what happened in that game. Um, did a OKC in Minnesota. It was cool seeing uh the bigs throwing alley oops to each other. But uh, outside of that, the Minnesota game didn't really. Uh, there was one note: Anthony Edwards um, cost him. I wouldn't say cost him my fantasy team because we're still up like 150 points. But come on now, and come on, son, I'm gonna need you to step up just for the fantasy team, though. I like, you know, he's still a future superstar and waiting. But um, yeah, like I said, outside of that, didn't really catch a whole lot of games. Um, the Blazers, Kings, again, zero interest in a because I was watching Dallas, Phoenix. B because well it's the Blazers and the Kings who really care, uh, but uh, overall saw a uh, point Justice got uh, some time so that's there's that shots uh Justice Winslow one of my favorite quietly one of my favorite guys um the one of my favorite areas of basketball was Point Justice I'm not gonna lie like even my homeboys will tell you Point Justice was like the talk of my circle every basketball every, in every basketball conversation was Point Justice Winslow. And I'm glad to see that he's at least bare, at bare minimum still trucking in the league. That's all I'm really. I'm 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 cl- glad to see that that's still uh, occurring. Um, I think that's pretty much it though. Not a whole lot of news has come out. We're not going to talk about the Pistons assistant GM a because not a whole lot has come out about it. And B, I it, I talked about the not uh the email Udoka thing kind of as like a rib basically, but. That kind of thing it kind of deserves just to, to stay in the privacy. I don't really do Hollywood stuff like that for the most part. Um, I think you check that out if you missed the previous um, 158 episodes of the Zay Coleman podcast, including the last one, my predictions episode, live on camera, video episode. Probably the only one we're going to do any, anyway because doing video episodes are a headache. I'm not going to lie. But if you missed the previous 157 episodes, 58 episodes, God. Of the Zay Coma Podcast. You can check them out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, and of course, right here on Anchor. Till next time, I love you.
you love me, let's love each other. See you.